Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Or automatically earns you an entry. Not a rewards member? Join today and enter Staples Fuel Your Summer Sweeps. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited. Open to legal residents of the 50 U.S. and D.C. 18 and older. Ends 8-6. Visit staplesconnect.com slash fuel your summer sweeps for complete rules and eligibility. WQAM Miami, WPOWHD2 Miami, WKIS HD2 Boca Raton, home of the Miami Dolphins, powered by Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys, AM560 Sports, WQAM, always live on the free Odyssey app. From the campus of the University of Miami, it's Canes Fest. A look at the 2022 Miami Hurricanes football season on the home of the Hurricanes. AM 560 Sports, WQAM, FM 99.9 HD2, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Hey, very good afternoon and welcome inside the Carol Sofer Indoor Practice Facility here on the campus of the University of Miami. As we come to you live from Canes Fest, it's a beautiful day here, and uh, they are just setting up in the building. If you're anywhere uh, near the area, please come on by and uh, join us. Our broadcast table located right uh, inside of the indoor practice facility, and we got a nice uh, cast of characters here uh, along with you. I'm Danny Rabinowitz. To my right is Don Bailey Jr., Hurricanes analyst. Josh Darrow is here with me uh, as well, and Brian Monroe, my pregame co-host, is here today. Brian. Uh, as we start things off here today, practice just wrapping up another hot day uh, out there on the uh, Green Tree practice fields. A lot of enthusiasm around this program here as we get set to kick things off. Yeah, I mean, listen, I came out to practice yesterday and you could just tell the difference between the intensity, the speed of practice right now. And I think as any former players, that's exactly what you want to see. And we all know Coach Cristobal gets it. One thing Coach Cristobal is going to bring is that intensity, the accountability, holding these guys uh, to the highest standard. And you definitely tell that it was definitely different yesterday and today in practice. Well, Don and, and Josh, if you uh, maybe missed the offseason, if you were out of town and missed everything that happened, there was, uh, there was a lot, a lot of change here. Um, on campus at the University of Miami, of course, uh, Mario Cristobal taking over, a handful of assistants. We'll, we'll talk about uh, all those guys in a second here. But, Don, it's, it's not just a new coaching staff. It's a, a new commitment to winning here at the University of Miami. Tell us a little bit about that, please. Absolutely. I mean, it started from the president's office at the, at the University of Miami. That, that decision was made that we're now going to put Miami football on, on a competitive level with the top teams in America and – as soon as they pulled the trigger, you know, the, Mario Cristobal was hired and announced as a head coach, and you had Dan Radakovich, 
and then you have the facilities that are in the works, and you see immediately the impact that Coach Cristobal and Dan Radakovich have had in the, on this program, and especially out on the field, as Brian had mentioned. You know, went through 15 days of spring in the spring game, and every single day it got a little better. And then to come out here yesterday on the first day with uh, being in the middle or as a part of a transition year, it looks like they had been together for 10 years out on that field. And, that, and that's hard to accomplish. Mm-hmm. It really is because you've got to get you, – you've got the new staff, which we'll spend a lot of time talking on, but you also have the players that are in a are different, uh, different environment, different position coaches, different expectations, but everybody's adapting. I think the thing that I, that I took notice of, and this was going back to the spring, was watching, like, the defensive linemen get coached. There were five defensive line guys who have coached the defensive line at the collegiate level. Salavea, Wright, JT, Stroud, Ogeron might be floating around. I mean, <laughs> the, 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 the amount of people that are, are uh, amongst the program now, right? And, and I think Don talked about it, and that's what it takes. I mean, this is, this is you know, we always talk about big-time college football. This is what it takes. What you see now is what – I take that back. This is actually just a portion of what it takes because there's more coming. But if everyone wants to know what big-time college football looks like, why those teams are in the college football playoff, it looks something like this. And the other thing, too, is you just look at it onto the field, like even going back to the spring. I was doing the math the other day. There's like 20 – a third of the team that didn't participate in the spring, mm-hmm. whether it was injuries or the transfer report. You have like a whole new team out there. Um, and there are some exciting pieces as well. So, yeah, I think it's it's – it's exciting, right? You know, fall camp is here. It's a good time to feel good about Hurricanes football. I think you make a good point, Josh, because you talk about what it takes now in, in college football, and it clearly takes a commitment And you know, between NIL, which is a big deal now, and we'll talk about that certainly, and, and realignment is, has really thrown kind of another wrench into all of this here, but you, you have to do all of these things that we're seeing around the program to even have a chance to compete right now with, you know, the big boys of the SEC or, or, or any of those schools, Brian. I mean, we, we have seen now – and, by the way, the realignment stuff is wild. I mean, we're seeing teams from, from L.A. now moving. You know, they're going to play out in the Midwest, and, you know, certainly realignment has been a factor. But you have to make the investment if you want to hang. And that, that seems to be the bottom line at this point. Well, I mean, that's one of the things I think Cristobal really was the biggest question before he, you know, took the job is, okay – I need X, Y, and Z to compete with the Alabamas, Ohio States, the Oklahomas, now the USC's of the world. Like, if we do not invest in the program, we're not going to get the best players. Now, you can see from, like Don mentioned, look at the facility, look at the, look at the staff that they brought in, what's coming in the future as far as the new football facility that's coming. That's the only way you compete. And look what you see in the recruiting world already. Not even a full year since Mario's been here. He's got the number, I believe, seven or eight, depending on which recruiting service. Seven, as of the other guy they just landed, I think, this morning. Uh, another, wasn't it? another offensive lineman. Yeah. So, and exactly. Who's what, happy? Who's happy? Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and it's not that you see, like, the sheer number right now as far as, you know, we've had 
previous coaches that in July and August had top five classes, and all of a sudden when you get to signing day, they're gone. The difference is if you notice what these young men are saying in their interviews is relationship. My relationship with Coach Cristobal, my relationship with Mirabal. You know, oh, he was the first to offer me when I was in eighth grade. He was the first to offer me in ninth grade. Oh, he took care of my brother. And I just have a trust in him. And it's the stud guys that we would have lost in the past. The, the Francis Maui Goa IMG, the number one offensive tackle that had Alabama. And who else did he have? George on the table was like, well, that Miami hat's going to the side. And then he lands them. And then you just hear the trust in these guys' voices and then how they now start recruiting for him is where you kind of have that feeling of hope as far as this thing's slowly going to change and get the right guys in to compete. Because, you know, right now I think – we don't have that team as far as like, hey, we can go compete with Ohio State. But I think we should be able to compete in the Coastal this year and be able to get to the championship game. And then as you see him start recruiting more and more and more, bring in those big bodies that DBJ would love to talk about all day long. You know, like, hey, listen, with the recruiting class, I think DBJ should talk all day since we got five or six linemen already committed. But it's, it's definitely promising and a lot of hope. Uh, he's building up front. There, there's no question about it, DBJ. What is it, though? And you know Mario Cristobal very well. What is it that has made him so successful recruiting? And we've seen it everywhere that he's been, right? And, and I think the, the fact that he was able to go across the country and do it in, in Eugene, Oregon, is, is really says something about the kind of recruiter that he is. But, but look what he's done in the short amount of time here at Miami. What is it about Mario that makes him so successful? See, like people will think that this has been a snapshot uh, of, of Mario Cristobal. Since the day that he decided to go into coaching, this has all been layered to get to this point. Uh, he, this is his hometown university where he graduated, was born and raised, and there's nobody uh, – when we talk about recruiting here, because when he was at the other places, he was named National Recruiter of the Year. I mean, he's been honored in that category through his entire coaching life. And But you come here and it's family. This is, this is your home. So it's not – He's not, he's not re really recruiting anybody. He's just sharing his feelings on how great this place will be, how great it was when he was here in the past, what it, you can anticipate to be in the future. But it's, it's work ethic. A lot of it has to do with work mm -hmm. ethic and a, and a commitment to make people around this country, student athletes who have an opportunity to come here, make them understand, help them understand that there is no better place for them to be in America than at the University of Miami. Here's the other thing, too. He... He's the best recruiter, bar none. He is the best recruiter on this staff, and he's the head coach. And he lives, eats, and you know what the third word is, recruiting. It's what he does. It's what he does. No, 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 but that's how it has to be. That's how he. That's what he fuels him, right? But you also understand that you want to compete in the realm that Mr. Monroe was talking about. Mm -hmm. That plus he's done it. Like you know he, you know he's lit. when he was at the other schools he he owned here. But the great thing too about what is going to be possible here is two things. One that that you right there that thing travels, that thing travels. But he's also been around, and the guys on his staff have been around. So. It's, it's the full compliment, but they're, and they're also, Danny, you know what they're also doing? They may not get them all right now, but they're going after them too. You, don't, you can't get them if you're not going for them. And I'm not saying the other, they didn't go for them before, but they're just, it's, we're going in, we're taking our best shot. We might lose some, but we're going to get the dude from IMG. We're going you know, we're gonna, to we're gonna get guys, and it's a, it, he's, it's a relentless, never, 
unending pursuit of infusing this team with talent. And and there's and he's committed to it completely. It's not a sale a sales job. I'm going to tell you a crazy story. This week, somebody came into my, to my store to buy a, to buy flooring. I had never met that person before. We went through what we go through. We're doing what we do. And I walked the guy outside, and he says, uh, make, sure you tell, make sure you tell Mario I said hello. And I says, okay. He says, you're going to see him? I says, yeah, yeah, I'll see him in the next day or so. And I'll tell him. I says, how will he know you? said, he recruited my son when he was at Rutgers from a high school in Broward County, and to this day, wow. to this day, we if we we feel comfortable enough if we needed something from coach Cristobal that we could ask him if we needed something uh and, and he was such an impact and he and he was honest and he maintained a relationship through the entire time we were there and we've had one afterwards the same thing happened to me when I was at the gym I ran into a guy at FI who they recruited at FIU when he was at FIU immediately Praising Mario, play, praising uh, Coach Mirabal, praising the way they are and how they stay in contact, and it's not—it's not a front. This is their deal. And again, Coach Cristobal is representing and wants you to represent his—a big piece of his heart, which is this university. Once again, we're coming to you live here on campus at the University of Miami from Canes Fest. Uh, it's going to be from 1 to 3, so if you're in the area, come on, uh, stop by, and come say hello to us out here. Brian Monroe and Don Bailey Jr. will take a picture with you. Uh, Danny Rubino, Josh Darrow here as well. Wait, I'm not taking it. Uh, I can take a picture. Well, I mean, you're just fine. not. You, you and happened? I are not, the, not what famous to you? enough. Uh, we're you not ain't jumping in enough. it? No. Come on, man. Um, but I'm going to photobomb their photo. I'm going to photobomb <laughs> <I'm gonna> photo <laughs> each and every one of them just there for that. There you go. Uh, John Bryan, of course, uh, is driving the uh, show for us out here. Uh, Danny Garcia you back may not in even the make studio. It, Danny. You may not even make it, bro. They came for you. Well, the police are go. here tenfold. Here what did you do go. last night? Yeah. Uh, not much, uh, Josh. <laughs> uh, I got two kids now. I stay at home every single night. But uh, I did want to ask you guys about this because I went to Media Day. I know, Josh, you were here at Media Day and uh, Don as well uh, earlier this week. And one of the things that I really got from the players from, from talking to them was accountability. And that's going to be the big difference this year uh, from maybe the previous years. Where And you look back at last season, guys, we were close. I mean, we were right there in a handful of games. There were so many of those conference games that were so close, and we'll go through that you know, later on in the show. But when you talk about accountability, Brian, we're talking about a play here, a play there, and things turn out a lot differently last season. So that's got to be the difference, I think, this season. And I think the team seems to, you know, from talking to them, they really seem to grasp that. Well, you just you just hear from the guys the, the small things, right? Oh, when we go to the weight room, everyone's got their shirt tucked in. When you get on the practice field, everybody sprints off the practice field. Nobody walks. Mouthpieces in. Everything you do in a practice field translate onto the field. If you, you can't say, I'm going to go, 80 miles an hour on a practice field and expect to go 110 miles an hour on Saturdays. It's just not going to happen. You have to go 110 miles in practice and it'll translate into the football field. What does that take? It takes a coach to stay on you with the little things. And I'll tell you what, yesterday, it was exciting to see not just one coach, not just two coaches, every single coach from the strength coaches, the position coaches to the analysts, getting on players, screaming in ears. But you saw how the guys reacted. It was more of like a respect thing. I trust this coach to put me in the right position. I was wrong. 
I messed up. Tell me what I got to do to fix it. And Don, you, you see it. Look, I, I, you know, I sit next to you in that booth, and I watch you and Joe, and, and I see the, you know, the, the, the small mistakes, that, you know, whether it's penalties or, or it's not you know, getting turnovers or, or it's turning the ball over. It's just little things, really, that I think Miami, with this roster, can clean up and, and be very, very successful going into this season, right? It happens every second of every day. Mm-hmm. And where I have seen it immediately is uh, the discipline on the field, but there's a respect from the player to the coach and the coach to the player. And go to the meetings, for example. I was at, came in here this morning. Meetings started at – they're listed to start at 7.30. Well, it's 7 o'clock – 7.05 I was in the room. I would say it was 80% full. On a Saturday morning, it's 7.05 for a quote-unquote 7.30 meeting. By 7.15, everybody was there, and it started – right on at 725. So that tells you that there's a respect on both sides. Players are early, they're not late, or they're not even on time. They're early, they're there, they're paying attention, and they are bright and alert and ready to go. I think I, I've, uh, just listening to, to Mario talk and having the benefit of, of, of doing the, the podcast for the school and talking to the guys that have come through here, it kind of finally hit me this week, um, which I think Brian just touched on, is the greatness comes the greatness to me doesn't necessarily come from the ability the greatness comes from the discipline to demand it all the time because the 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 guys that were here before you know what i mean there was some good talent but they were the work ethic the push but at the same time it's the coach and the staff the greatness is the discipline to never let it slide. And it's a trickle-down effect, right? You know, your coaches have to instill it into the players. And then the, the coaches – Well, I think your head coach instills it into your staff. The staff and the staff goes into the players. And sometimes the and staff the, just sits back and goes like this because the players are the ones that are getting on each other to say, this isn't good enough. What are we doing? You can't, like – literally says run through the line. Not two yards before the line, one yard. Run through the line. And if you're not doing it, I need to get on you because if you're not doing that one simple yard, that could be the missed uh, 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 interception at the end of the game at UNC. Or but that's goal. all the time. That's starts right every now, single every time. single snap here. And listen, I'll give a, a, a quick story. When, we, when I was a freshman here, and, you know, we had we, we talk about the talent all the time. Vince Wilfork, Sean Taylor's of the world, the Vilma's Antro Rolls of the world. We're in workouts, and we're doing a 110s. And literally, we had a couple guys that were, you know, half-assing it and everything else. And Swayze didn't need to say anything because we had dudes just getting on players. And I'm like, okay, this is what you like. This is how you become great. We had another dude, they're telling him, bro, if you do not step it up, we're taking the you away from you. So I'm like, I don't even know how, how you going to take the you away from like somebody. It doesn't even make any sense. So literally, same guy, same guy did something else. The next workout we had yesterday, they came in with Swayze and go, Swayze, he does not put on that jersey at all. Here is his shirt. It was a pink T-shirt. They gave him a pink T-shirt. They say you can get the you back when you earn it. And if you don't earn it, you got to wear this pink T-shirt the rest of the summer workouts. Hmm. And I was like, now I see why these guys are great because by, they hold each other accountable. And by the way, all this recruiting, wait till you see what changes out there in a year or two. Ooh, or boy, a year, whatever, whatever, whatever you because it doesn't matter. You go, go, slack, go slack off if you want. You just lost your job. And I, and I think, listen, Josh, I think it's realistic to expect that this team makes that jump this season. I, I really do. I, I think you look at some of the additions that they've made – 
uh, through the transfer portal. You have Tyler Van Dyke, who obviously, you know, you hope takes that next step here this year as well. I don't see why this team should not be competing for an ACC championship right now. I just, I personally think they have enough talent to do it. Don, you know, you look at a handful of those games, those conference games last year, and they're close. They, they were close. And I think with, with the coaching and some of those transfers they've brought in, this team should be good enough as constructed. And, and like Josh said, yes, in, in a year, two years, we're going to see Mario's, you know, kind of vision. But I think they're good enough now to compete. For us that watch them for – ever and for the people that are listening to watch them forever you will notice things immediately and and, and i'm with you i think you will see a big improvement i'm not ready to predict yet where we're going to fall in the acc until we get more towards the end of camp and we understand injuries but there you you will see a different version of miami football a different version of size, a different version of hustle, a different version of attitude, a different version of just running through the smoke. So to have great expectations, yes, you should, because what are they going to hit? That I don't know. But this team is preparing like a championship team. Whether they have championship talent in place, that will be left to be determined. But they are training like champions. You know, one of the other things I wanted to talk to you guys about here before we uh, hit our first break is the uh, the staff that that Mario has assembled, and um, I, I got to tell you, I've been out, I've been you know spring game practice, and I you know out here today, and seeing Jason Taylor is still it's like strange to me to see JT you know walking through here with, with the U, and you know you talk about some of the other assistants they brought in Josh Gaddis, the offensive coordinator from Michigan. I'm very excited to see his offense, guys, but this this staff. Uh, that they have brought in should that should be one of the things I think that elevates this program to the next level and quickly. They're they're proven winners. Yeah. I mean, you've got his historically you've got proven winners and people that have won in the South national championships in the Southeastern Conference. You've got people that won championships here. You've got people that are in the Pro Bowl in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. You've got people from all walks of college football that have had great success. Not. Not guys that are, are, are climbing a ladder, guys that have reached the mountaintop and are, are, are happy to be here, are in experts at their position, and it makes a big difference when you have the coaching staff, the, the head coach leadership, the coaching staff, and then the talent come together. That's when you meet your championships, Brian. I mean, when you kept seeing the names coming in, oh, Coach Steele is joining the staff. Coach Gaddis, Brawls a winner joining the staff. Coach Strong, linebacker coach, and Cody, and you're like. Dude, can I just say one thing? That's all you need to know. What is Charlie going Strong on? Charlie Strong is a position. I mean, Cody, but he's your linebacker's coach. He's your That's linebacker's coach. all you need to know. And like Josh mentioned earlier, we had five coaches doing the defensive <laughs> line, and I mean everything from you've got an historical coach, Joe Salvea, that just had a, a top ten overall pick. You've got the young stud and Rod White coming over uh, from the Texas area, the Dolphins player and everything else like that. Oh, and then, by the way, we've got a Hall of Famer that's going to sit there and watch your practice and see what you do, what you don't do, how to prepare you for the next level, work on the moves for you. I think that Coach Ball knows that being a great head coach means you have great staff members underneath you. And you mentioned something in a word that you said earlier, relentless. Every single one of his coaches that he hired are relentless recruiters just like him. Coach Strong. We all know what Coach Strong did at Louisville when we were at Miami because he came down here and took Teddy Bridgewater, took Eli, yep. took everybody else he wanted in South Florida. He knows the coaches. He knows recruiting. And I think that's another thing that you see why they have a top ten class. They all want to be great, and they're relentless, relentless recruiters. 
Yeah, I, I like the touch that they that a lot of the guys have Southeastern Conference yes. backgrounds too. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, let, let's face it, that's where it's going, right? I mean, you got to go through that conference in most cases to win a championship, and they know how to they know what it takes, and they also know what it takes to beat it. Well, I think the other thing, a couple of different things. One is I was, you know. Getting ready, camp opens, you know, what this week and, you know, the last week or two, my juices start to get going. You start digging in the stuff and you start looking at the bios of these guys. I think almost everyone on the defensive staff has had a coordinator's title. Whether they call plays or not is something else. But, like, the DB coach was the coordinator, I think, at, at West Virginia. Rod Wright was a co-defensive coordinator at UTSA. Yep. Steele's been a DC. Strong's been a head coach. Steele's been a head coach. Steele's been a head coach. Steele's <laughs> been, you know what I'm saying? So every, right. And so – at the end of the day, if you have the right guy who's been in that in that role, you understand what it's like for Kevin Steele, and you should be an asset in that way. You understand, because even if you're the DC not calling plays, you're part of game planning. You may not be the guy calling it on game day, but at the end of the day, you only want to have one guy calling the plays, but you are part of getting the game plan uh, ready uh, for game day. And then, yeah, where, look where they've been. You've got a, you know, the DB coach came was at Georgia a year ago. National championship. National championship. Right. But I think the two, the other interesting thing, too, is the two guys that came with him. Right? If you want to talk about what is going to be the core, the essence of this team, right, it's going to be physicality and toughness. And his O-line coach mm. and his D-line coach came here to help ensure that that happens. We, we could talk about the O-line coach all day long. I think you mentioned it yesterday in practice when, you know, John B. started making a little comment saying, like, you know, look at the size. And DBJ goes, yeah, he's nine feet on the, t- on the field, though. And it's true. He gets in their butt, but as a teacher and a technician, these guys are just staring at the, you're right, coach. Okay, coach, and in, back into the huddle. Yeah. There's, there, is, there is no doubt when you walk in that offensive line room who's in charge. And, and the thing that impressed me, I did, I, the thing that has impressed me is that he was a, a high school offensive line coach and a high school teacher. And one of the, one of the wisest things I was ever told was by – uh, Joe Brodsky, who was the running back coach for, um, for the Dallas Cowboys. He was a running back coach here. He won state championships at Hialeah Miami Lakes and was a, a Miami Jackson, just one of the greatest coaches ever in the history of Miami and went through everything, got national championship rings, state championship rings, Super Bowl rings. I asked him one day, I said, Coach, I says, what's the difference? You go from high school winning championships to college winning championships to winning Super Bowls. Coach Brodsky says, I never stopped coaching high school. And I shared that with Coach Mirabal, and I watch him coach. And what does that mean? That means that he is able to talk to his players at the level that they can understand him. And that's what he does in this room. And I think that Coach Cristobal has got the same ability. They don't – they're not – they are able to communicate in a way to where they can get the response and the production that they have. And we will see and with those two guys, Coach Mirabal, Coach Cristobal, and Coach Joe, as you talked about, and Coach Wright on the D-line, this line of scrimmage, I, I, will, I would say in time, it'll be the best it's ever been, period, on both, as a combination, yes. offense and defense. I don't know when. But at some point, those two are going to collide, and we will own the line of scrimmage in, the, in this league. All right, we're going to take a quick pause here. We are coming to you live from Canes Fest inside the Carroll Sofer indoor practice facility. Come on by and join us. Uh, doors are going to open up here at uh, 1 o'clock. Get a chance to see this building in person. It is uh, 
truly something to see here when you walk in. There's a lot of tables and, uh, and stuff set up here, autographs for you uh, as well. So a lot going on here. We're going to have some guests stop by our booth as well. We'll be taking you up until 3 o'clock today. Again, we are coming to you live from Canes Fest right here on WQAM. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Let's get back to Canes Fest and a look at the 2022 Miami Hurricanes football team on the home of UM football. AM 560 Sports, WQAM, FM 99.9 HD2, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back inside the Carol Sofer Indoor Practice Facility. We are coming to you live here from Canes Fest as uh, we get set to uh, open up the doors here at 1 o'clock. The broadcast crew, minus uh, Joe Zagaki here, who is, uh, Joe Z is, is doing a little mountain climbing or something out there uh, in the uh, in the Rockies, right, DBJ? Trout fishing. Trout fishing and Trout mountain fishing, climbing even with better. his beautiful family. You should hear, it's funny, he uh, he sent me a video, and he was like, he was doing play-by-play of Cheryl going up the mountain. She's like, there's a Gacky up the right trail, steps with her left foot, and she takes a fall! Zagaki's down! <laughs> you can do a better Josie impression than that, though. Come on. Uh, there's game. orange in the end! There's orange on the trail! All right, anyway, those voices that you are, uh, you're hearing right now, I'm Danny Rabinowitz. This is Don Bailey Jr., Josh Darrow, and Brian Monroe. Brian Monroe, my pregame co-host uh, for this season. We're uh, excited to be back here uh, again for another season with you, Brian, as uh, we get set. Camp's open. Practice number two uh, out there today. The big talk you know, going into this season is obviously going to, as it does with most football teams, is going to gravitate towards the quarterback position. And Miami has a a star in in Tyler Van Dyke that got called into action last season when he really wasn't expecting to. Of course, you know De'Ara King gets hurt early in the season, and you have that game where both he and Jake Garcia are going to kind of compete for that starting quarterback job. Garcia ends up getting hurt. Tyler Van Dyke basically blows everyone away last year. Now, were there some moments where you thought this guy needs to improve? Absolutely. And I spoke to him the other day, and I, I think that he has certainly taken that into account and, and has done that. And you hope that this season for Tyler Van Dyke will be that next jump. And if he can make that jump again, I, I think the sky's the limit for this team. And we'll talk about the receivers here in, in a second. But Tyler Van Dyke, Brian, we, we know all, a lot of the talk is certainly going to center around him this year for the Hurricanes. I mean, yeah, he's, he's a stud. There's no, there's no else to say about it. He's a stud. And I think he's done everything in the offseason that you want to see from a quarterback to lead the team to success. You know, he seems like he comes off as that quiet guy. 
You know, when you see him around and stuff, he just seems quiet. But then you actually get to see him around his teammates, and he's that leader. He's vocal. He's demanding attention. Mm -hmm. He's making sure that everyone's doing the right thing. And as a quarterback at a University of Miami, that's what you have to do. Now, obviously, you mentioned he had a, a couple shaky games, but guess what? That's called freshman moments. At times, you don't want your freshmen to play because they're going to make moments like that. But guess how he bounced back from that adversity? He did something that no one's done since Joe Burrow in the six games in a row with over 300 yards and three touchdowns. If he can continue going into the year with that and we get better offensive line play because we just spoke about Coach Cristobal, Coach Maribal, about what they should do as far as helping this offensive line, the sky's the limit with Tyler. And I'm looking forward to seeing how all his hard work in the offseason translate this year on the field. You know, one of the things, Don, that I I noticed about Tyler, and I I noticed it last season, it it really is that he – doesn't let anything bother him. I mean, there were some tough moments. There were some tough growing moments. You look at it, obviously the way the North Carolina game uh, finished, but he, he doesn't let anything bother him, and it doesn't seem to linger with him. The mental toughness that he has, I, I think, is what allows him to be successful. I mean, you really need to have that at that position. What he has at this position that I think is <clears throat> has been overlooked and we can't forget is that he was voted captain as a freshman, right? No, sophomore last year. Redshirt, he was redshirt a redshirt freshman. freshman. They re-voted for captain during the season, and this team voted his team voted him captain. That doesn't happen. I mean, that doesn't happen to a guy that just started a couple games. So that means mm-hmm. that he had laid the groundwork for the year before and every day at practice and every meeting to get that spot. That wasn't like an honorary deal because you're the new you're the new quarterback. That's not the case. So he's got built-in leadership. Danny, i got to tell you, he, I, I would rather phrase what you said this way. I think everything bothers him that's not right. He just handles it and manages it and fixes it. I see that guy as a perfectionist. I see that guy as demanding only what he does from, his, from the other people. I really do. I, I don't think he's going to – I think – all he wants is everybody to work as hard as him, for everybody to care as much as him, for everybody to be in the weight room like him, for everybody to match his intensity. And, and, and he has managed, like you said, negative things. He's managed the positive. He's managed the spotlight. He's managed the microscope. He's managed all of it. And that's why you hear the talk that you hear about him being what he's going to be as a future NFL mm-hmm. player, but he's not worried about it. He's worried about that snap, today and how I'm going to get this football team get better. And the part I like, I like his he'll call people out. He'll demand, we need this better. He's vocal, and that that doesn't always happen. That doesn't always happen at, 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 at that position or any position, but he's come out with it, and he's earned the right to be that way because he's put in the hours and he's put in the effort. I was listening to I was listening to a podcast with the guys from 24-7 Sports, so I just want to give them credit for where this is coming from. But they said something, and when they said it, I was like, you know what? They're right, which is this. Like, Mario and him are a good fit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's that kind of guy that's going to – this is perfect for him. Everything that Don and Brian just said, and, and then they had said that, and I was like, he, he's okay with everything about – how he's going to get coached uh and i think he thrives off of that i think that's something about where he's from and 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 all that kind of stuff and just his own mentality and then i think the other thing too is 
he's going to benefit from this offense. How the, the structure and how they want to how they want to call this offense. I think we we only we'll see a we should only see, we should see his play been a, be able to improve because he should benefit from what Coach Cristobal and Coach Gaddis want to do. Yeah, and that's what I keep hearing about is Coach Gaddis's offense, and and I'm excited to to see it. You know, actually see it out there and see what he can do with all this South Florida speed that that he has on this roster. And, and you know, that's another interesting aspect to this whole thing here is. I, and I talked to Tyler about this at, at media day earlier in the week. Don, this, there's a lot that he needed to learn in this offseason. I mean, you're talking about a whole new scheme. You talk about a guy that lost his two top targets as well, and we'll talk about the receivers in, in a bit. And, Brian, you touch don't on this too. Don't forget that point who he lost. Right? No, that, guys, that's right. huge, yeah. I mean, don't forget that. Yeah, I mean, Har- Harley and Rambo are not here. Those guys both set records at the University of Miami last season. So those guys, and neither one of them are here, which – to me, opens up a great opportunity for some really talented guys. But how difficult is it? I'll start, start with Brian on this one. To spend the offseason the way that he did, learning everything and, and having to, you know, not only learn a new offense but mesh with a whole group of new players here. Um, I think the offense, you know, when you got a you know, a film rat like Tyler, I don't think it's going to be as hard for him to pick up the offense. Mm-hmm. I think it's more about the timing and knowing the different checks and everything with his teammates and getting comfortable with the new verbiage as far as that. But as most quarterbacks, they can pick up offenses and go. I think it's about the comfort level of saying, okay, cool, we need to be on the same page. He needs to know exactly what the linemen are going to do, what the tight end's going to do, what the receiver's going to do, what the running back's going to do. Um, I think it's just going to take that time they did in the offseason. And they did a lot of working out together as far as getting the verbiage down, getting those time and rights down. Um, yes, he is going to have a lot of new pieces as far as who's going to be the go-to guy, and I know we're going to talk about the receivers in a little bit. Um, but I think that Tyler did put in the work to understand it. Now, hopefully we can keep Gaddis around for a couple of years so we can get comfortable with it and go to the yeah. next year and year two. Yeah, absolutely. And you see you see, really at every level of football, you hear guys talk about we got to learn a new offense, you know. I mean – Heck, we've seen it with the Dolphins. They go, oh, this, you know, Tua's had so many different offensive coordinators every single year. It's that's why he struggles. So, Don, I, you know, Tyler talked. He says he spent hours and hours and hours. He's, he's he has put in the work, but it's still it's it's a difficult transition. It's his offense. Yeah, you, meaning you know, it's Tyler's offense. It's going to be custom fit to him. So the energy to be great at it should come mm-hmm. with no problem. And the thing is, uh, the terminology has has gotten easier over the years. They've 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 compressed the play calls. There is some. There are the routes for the receivers are basically the same. The formations are going to be different, right? The way things are call are called are going to be different. But it ta- it's not just the quarterback that's got to learn it because if the tight end doesn't know it. It doesn't work. If the right Absolutely. guard doesn't know it, it doesn't work. So it's a team effort. And I think what most people who have never been around the sport don't understand is the install and how you build on the install every practice, every day, and how it's taught now. It's taught It's taught visually. It's taught on – you know, you write it down, you practice it, you rep it, you uh, – in pads, out of pads – so they've done a, I think they've done a phenomenal job of the install, and they did a good, very good job in the spring. So you're not going to have the terminology issue in the fall. You don't have that where you're learning the new ter- terminology. That all went through in the spring, and they've been working on it 
since the day they got here. I mean, these guys do a lot of work on their own, and you have to in this day and age. But it is a, it is a big challenge on both sides of the football. Absolutely. Because remember now, you you had a you had a, well, had a six a, six years a, of the same, same defense. Exactly. You had six years of the same defense. Now you have a totally different defense, defensive coordinator, philosophy, staff, because that whole side of the football. There's, and there's more. There's, a lot of those 20 we talked earlier about, um, there's like 24. When I say new faces, I don't mean some guys were hurt in the spring. Mm-hmm. Obviously, guys came. A lot of those are on the defense. That defense has like a almost a total makeover. Offensively, it's fairly stable. There's a one or two new faces. But like the defense, the whole D-line is new. Linebacker, you got a new DB and a, you know, and a, and a new staff. I think but I think for all of them, but if you think about, you know, Tyler, I think he would jump. He jumped into it head first, right? Like I'm, like this is exciting, right? Like I, I, I want to master this, know this. I'm gonna learn. And he, they're all doing it together, right? So he's not by himself. They all got to do it. But like, if you if you think about all the exciting things we talked about as uh, you know, sitting here about where the program is going and whatever. Like if you're the quarterback, first of all, you got two things going, right? Is the success of the program. And obviously, success for himself, right? There's a lot riding on himself as well. Will stay, go, whatever. We all think he's going to have a future at the next level, whenever that's going to be. So it only behooves him to, you know, jump in. But I, does anyone question that? Does he seem like a guy that wouldn't just embrace the opportunity and, and what's ahead and of him? And he's got the IQ to handle it. I mean, football IQ and, and 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 the textbook IQ. But Danny, you brought it up too. You you talk about this coaching staff. He's got a what qu- is coaching? That's teaching. He's, he's got, got a, great teachers. And he's got a quarterback coach. He's got great I don't, I don't mean, teachers. I, I, that's, 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 not, right. that's not an anti-Lashley comment. That's, no. But he's got a – there's a coordinator and his own position coach who, by the way, has been a coordinator. Frank Ponce has been a, a, an excellent coordinator, has had great success at that position. And really, how about the guys that are – how about what's behind Tyler? Oh, my right? God. Right? You have Garcia. But that's – and. But, and what's coming, right now, when you just talk about this year, how about the lessons that that Garcia is, is learning right now from Tyler? Sometimes coach speak, you know, the guys turn of that off, right? Yep. You're not turning off the guy in front of you who's, who's making all those plays, Brr. right? You're not turning – you're not doing that. Absolutely not. And you know what? It's like you said, the guys in the room with him, you know – Garcia's been through already tons of adversity For coming sure. to University of Miami. You're this stud that everyone's talking about, top 50 pick, hasn't been highest since Kyle Wright. You get here, you're going to be the guy. You have to, you're third on the depth chart now. You get uh, Our starter gets injured. You go in a competition, boom, it's going to be mine. Boom, injured, out for the year. Correct. Now you're fighting back to say that, okay, Tyler is that dude. Now I have to stay on behind him again and fight for the second place again. In this day and age in football, you don't see that a lot. So for Jake to say what he's been saying and fighting through what he's been saying, that's great because that creates that competition. That level of talent is going to keep going and going and going. And I have to mention Ja'Curry Brown because yesterday's practice, look, I know everyone talks about Jake and everything else like that. This kid is a stud. I mean, six foot five, all of it. And the way the ball jumped off his arm and how quick he got it out release-wise – that's what most impressed me because I thought Tyler, Jake, and Pey- uh, Machoba was a little bit late on some of the plays. Not him. Him is just like, I've been in this offense since high school. Get the ball in my hand. I see the bl- corner blitz coming off out of my hand. I was like, oh, 
damn, we, you we don't got mind something. Si- and you don't mind sending him off the bus first. Not at all. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. All right, we'll go from the quarterbacks to uh, some of the skill position guys because, uh, as we mentioned, there are some guys that uh, certainly needed to be replaced. A couple record holders at the wide receiver position. So we'll see uh, some of the weapons Tyler Van Dyke will have to work with here. We'll take a pause. We are coming to you live from Canes Fest inside the Carroll Sofer Indoor Practice Facility. We'll take a pause. Plenty more to come here on WQAM. Time for more Canes football talk from Canes Best 2022. Listen to Miami Hurricanes games here. AM 560 Sports, WQAM, FM 99.9 HD2, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back inside Canes Fest here at the Carroll Sofer Indoor Practice Facility. We are coming to you live and we are about to open up the doors here in about 10 minutes or so. We got the cornhole going. We got uh, tables for autographs set up. So uh, come on out and join us. Most importantly, uh, Don Bailey Jr. and Brian Monroe are here to sign uh, anything that you bring. I know the players, it's like they got to sign the posters that you give, but these guys will sign anything and everything. So just bring it on out. They'll sign it. What? Danny, don't get their hopes up. Security's going to take it out the door. Oh, that's true. Yeah, don't bring anything in. They'll sign your shirt or your hat or whatever you wear in the, into <laughs> the building. To this guy. Come on, B, help me out. <laughs> as long as Danny's signing, we're good. <laughs> All right, uh, guys, let's pick up where we left off here. And uh, we, we talked about the quarterbacks. A- at the wide receiver position, this is going to be interesting this year. And uh, I had a chance to speak to uh, Keyshawn Smith and uh, Xavier Restrepo at, at Media Day, and they know the opportunity. That's there in front of them, and, and I think all the wide receivers are, are very well aware of the opportunity that's in front of them here. Harley is gone. Rambo is gone. A couple of guys that set records here uh, at, the, uh, at the U last year. So, gentlemen, who do you see as a player that can really step up for this Hurricanes offense and really replace a couple of guys that, uh, that put up big numbers for Miami he, last season? He just walked by. 88, and Kobe nobody, Young. And nobody knows him. Nobody knows who he is. Yeah. He's the he's the recent enrollee out of Lackawanna Lock- Junior it. College. Come on. <laughs> say it, Don. Lackawanna, Lackawaney, whatever. <laughs> that's, he, a big, uh, that's a big boy, though. Well, inning run, and he's yeah. made some catches. And I have I had him down on the – Brian and I were looking at him yesterday at, uh, at practice. And, I mean, it's uh, – he, he's he could certainly he certainly looks without being in pads and I'll tell you who look who's looked good the first two days is, is Ladson, yes. you know the whole deal is you got to if can he stay healthy, but that's a big those are big shoes to fill mm-hmm. with Mike Harley and Rambo and they were Brian opened up with the six three hundred yard games and the multiple touchdowns. Those two guys were a big reason that happened for Tyler Van Dyke, so we got to find that person or people. I don't know. I don't know who it is. I really don't. I know who. I know one guy that he feels comfortable with, but I don't think he's the answer into the big picture. Was yeah, him and him and Restrepo are like this, mm-hmm. and he's in it, and that serves a purpose. You're going to get the Rambo kind of production. I don't think so. And who that guy's going to be, I don't think – Who we're two, day, you know, we're two days in the practice. I don't think anyone knows. Uh, so my honest answer to you, Danny, is I have no clue. <laughs> I don't know. I, told, I said this to Don today. I don't know if this will be, but I do think because of the, the room and the offense, you, you have to include the tight ends in that conversation. The tight I, ends. I think you have to. Yeah. I mean, Will Mallory, you know, for me, is a guy that didn't 
just didn't get enough last season. And, and I, I think you could see a whole lot more from him. And, you know, obviously there's, uh, Brian, there's a ton of, you know, NFL talk around Will Mallory. And, you know, this could be his season to, to really break out and have a monster year for the Hurricanes. I, I mean, he, he's going to have to be the second half Will Mallory instead of the first half mm -hmm. Will Mallory from last year where he has that confidence, even though if he has a drop, he needs to bounce back instead of, you know, not bouncing back because, you know, Tyler's going to need him. You know, we don't know who's going to be that receiver. You expect X to be his comfort blanket like Josh said. Uh, I think Keyshawn Smith can take that next step, but can he be a one? Um, I was ple pleasantly surprised from Frank Ladson from Clemson as far as his size, yeah. smooth ins ins and out of his breaks. Um, Remember, he I, was a, he was a, a five-star, yeah, out yeah, of South Dade. He, he, he was a guy, but like DBJ said, he has to stay healthy. If he stays healthy, I can see him being that one, being that guy that you can look at and say, I need a 50-50 ball. I can trust that he goes up. We have a lot of potential in that room. But we don't have a lot of experience in that room. He has actually the most experience of the guy that says that's a big body receiver that we have on this roster. We mentioned Young that just came and stepped in the door. Michael Redding, who was a four-star guy. Wait, at I, hold on for one second. Where was that guy from, Kobe Young? Lackawanna Junior College. <laughs> Lackawanna, you know. So Are you going to keep doing that to the poor guy? Yeah. What do you mean, bro? Like, it, bro. You got, hey, it's reps. Hey, what I say reps. before, there you go, it's yep. the discipline Lackawanna to the – Lackawanna College in Pennsylvania. The discipline to demand greatness. Say it, DBJ. You know their mascot? L-A-C-K-A-W-A-N-N-A. <laughs> -N -N -A. A mosquito. That's their mascot. It is? No, I have no idea. <laughs> I was going to say, you got too much free time. If you know that, you got, no, we're going to get you another job. All right, Don, something I know you like talking about mm. is uh, – Wait, it, let's not get off the receivers. Okay, yet. no, please, please. Xavier Restrepo, guys. We don't give him – we didn't give him enough play on that little topic, did we? Well, I, mean, I, think, he's we, been I, the, I think we said he's the comfort blanket. That's his best friend, but I don't think he can elevate to that one level. I think he's going to be your third down guy, somebody that's going to make the tough catches and give you run after the catch. I don't think I'm going out on a limb now, but – you're going to get a bunch of catches from your running backs, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's an area. I mean, at the end of the year, if we're looking at, at overall receiving production, it's going to come from all of those areas, right? The yeah, running I, backs, I, the tight I, ends. I expect Rooster and Henry Paris to have a good amount of catches that's out a, of the backfield. That's a good point. All right, we do have to take a pause, and I do want to talk to you guys about those running backs. And uh, DBJ, you think we talk a little offensive line? Sure. You're into that, aren't you? I am. That's your bread and butter. We'll talk a little bit about that uh, as well when we come back. We are broadcasting live from Canes Fest, and I believe the doors are about to open here. I see players making their way towards the autograph tables. You can get your signed posters. And uh, come on out and join us here. We are broadcasting live on WQAM and from Canes Fest. We'll take a quick pause. Plenty more to come here. We had some interviews as well for you uh, as we continue on here this afternoon on WQAM. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 